Hello and welcome to the Triathlon Science episode. This episode is the first in a series about running. So we're going to focus on, I guess, my um, forte, shall we say, um, the experience that I have particularly in running and running coaching biomechanics over the last uh, five to ten years. And the, the whole idea of this series is really to address a lot of the myths around running. So if you want to get faster at running, I would consider listening to all of these episodes and really actually uh, thinking about what um, what I'm kind of talking about and how if you can really approach or kind of think about these ideas and how you might use them and how it might change how you think about running, then that is the element that hopefully will make you faster. So it's not a and it always a kind of prescribed do this and get faster. It is maybe shifting how we think about things. So the idea is, is it's going to cover elements such as the kind of essentially what what well, kind of what running is or how we would approach the idea of getting faster. Then working on things like injuries, consistency, working on the idea or explaining um, why you might do certain volume. Uh, what is the the kind of point of all the different elements of a running training plan and trying to really um, get basically get across this idea that all these different elements feed in to making you the best runner that you can be both in kind of really in performance is the end product and also um, the least hopefully the least injury prone but obviously there's lots of other factors that kind of come into that that's not really just about certain things everyone's obviously very individual and it's not often about things like training load it's actually there's lots more to it and I'll try and go into that in a bit more detail but try to explain um, why we do the things we do and then the idea behind that is that you come up with your own plan or you come up with your own ideas based on your interpretation but also how you think those things apply to you as an individual so that's the point it's not they because there is always far too much prescription when it comes to running when it comes to training do this and you will improve well we know that's not the case at all the problem with um, trying to follow that is that as i say we are unique but I want to try to present a different idea in that it's more a um, essentially negatives that are holding us back as opposed to things that are limiting us getting faster. Okay, so the first episode, this episode, is all about if you want to run faster, you've got to stop slowing down. So just think about that for a second. Often the focus is when it comes to running and running training is on about getting faster. So if we think about the general training methodologies that are, have been used or are used, we have, you know, you, the idea, I guess, is just you run. You run more, you run faster. The idea being that you increase your physiological capabilities. So increase your, let's say, VO2 max is a great example. Now, it's really not as simple as that. It's something that's a little bit of a bugbear of mine. Often people that get a VO2 max test, particularly if they go and choose and pay for it as opposed to just getting the number as part of maybe a study they're then told they need to train their vo2 max to increase it and that will increase performance and whilst top performances require a top vo2 max at the end of the day you need to be shifting serious amounts of oxygen to be an aerobic endurance athlete but there is more to it and there's far more to it when it comes to running because there are other elements involved so i'm going to try and cover that in later episodes why basically training at VO2 max or trying to increase your VO2 max might be completely missing the point if you don't understand what yours is and how to improve it and how you would improve yours and you're going to retest again. You might be better off looking at other avenues. 
The point being is that we often focus in running on what makes us faster, so a higher VO2 max, more mileage in the legs, the psychological element, and that's a big one. You know, we, we often miss that idea because it's often viewed, if we are doing something for our mind, our psychology, people think, well, I don't need to train to do that. Maybe I'll just think it. Maybe I'll just tell myself, you can do this. You can run for four hours. The problem is, is that if you are purely conscious, if your brain was all about just what you think and how you control it, or how essentially that kind of conscious side, the you person, the personality, and there wasn't an unconscious element doing a lot of the essentially pulling the strings, then maybe that was the case. But it's not. We understand now whether you believe in things like the central governor theory and various other things, I think is beside the point. All the theories tend to lend into this idea there's a lot of subconscious processes going on that will slow you down to maybe protect you, uh, which is what the central governor theory is about, protecting you from basically dying, really, from uh, stressing the heart too much, protecting the brain, protecting fuel systems and all these things. Because at the end of the day, you've got to bear in mind, when you are running a marathon, no one is chasing you and you are not chasing something else for food for your life. And that brings in a complicated set of psychology in that you have to find some motivation to keep yourself going when it gets really tough because there's no motivation of staying away from something that might eat you and vice versa, chasing something that you want to eat. So we often think, as I say, about getting faster. But what if we reverse the relationship? So I felt for a long time, and it's something that I've seen in the clients in my studio, I would say at least 90, 95%, maybe even getting close to 100% of people that I see are actively slowing themselves down as they run. It, and their focus should be more about stopping themselves slowing down. So basically, I guess, taking the brakes off. So we've all been in that situation, maybe if you are, you've been on a bike, when you felt the brake block rubbing. Sometimes you actually feel like this kind of jolting movement, but sometimes it just feels like something is dragging. Sometimes it's because something is rubbing. Sometimes it's because sometimes because the wind is in a wrong direction. So if you've ever used deep section wheels, this is an interesting one. When you use deep section wheels, sometimes when the wind is at a certain angle and at a certain speed, the wheel will stall. And a lot of people, if you look at wind tunnel testing, it always looks really far. You know, you look at the wind tunnel testing, they often take off the bit at the end that shows that after about 20 degrees of yaw, don't worry about that in terms of what you whether you know what that means. But often at the end of the graph as such, the wheel, the drag gets suddenly really high. And that is the wheel stalling. That is the wind hitting at the angle, the wheel at a certain angle, causing a sudden kind of slowdown, almost like a drag effect. Now, sometimes you'll feel that when you're on the road. So I, I've got currently got Zip 404s on, and I live in a very windy area. Um, they're absolutely fine to ride in the wind, but every so often the wind catches them and it slows them down. You feel it. You feel this kind of slowdown. Going back to running, a lot of us have got rid of that, what that feeling feels like, essentially. They, we've got rid of this idea of braking. We've, we're wearing overcushioned shoes. It's been my bugbear against overcushioned shoes for a long time because it's not that overcushioned shoes are bad. If you are someone, let's take let's take an example of we know of at the moment of Kipchoge. He set, you know, he set the records in an extremely cushioned pair of shoes. Now he's probably done huge amounts of mileage 
in no shoes maybe or minimal shoes or track or these things where he knows his biomechanics know exactly what's going on he's landing he's controlling the movement he's not breaking he's using all the recoil now you put a cushioned pair of shoes on him and you won't notice a, 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 essentially a change and that he knows his body knows his brain and his legs know exactly what to do obviously you have to get used to the increased cushioning because it changes certain elements uh, of the kind of return and the recoil particularly but he's going to be absolutely fine. Now you put an amateur, someone that doesn't understand how it feels or the landing and how the essentially all the, the hip mechanics and everything work in a really cushioned pair of shoes from the off. They may never sense what's actually going on. They may never sense this breaking because the braking forces are absorbed into that, um, the initial braking force absorbed into that foam or into the bending of the knee. So, the critical element of this is that you've got to start to understand how that when you come into land, you are trying to basically stop the braking force that might happen. Then you want to try and use that, essentially that landing force to help recoil and send you forward a little bit up. So that's so there is a little bit of up. There's always a little bit. It's not massive. And some of the best runners don't oscillate very much. But the predominant effect is that as we land, we are coiling the springs, particularly in the lower leg and the Achilles and the arches of the foot, as we then and then release. And as we release, that energy gets put back and it, it enables us to essentially spring forward as part of that recoil. But in order to be able to do that, we have to stop the braking. And that's the critical element, is that most of us are not lacking the ability to speed up in that we have the muscles, we have the aerobic strength and these things, but we are constantly slowing ourselves down. Because every time we land, we're landing kind of softly and we're sitting back and we're bending the knee. And we've, we've learned to get rid of those feelings. So this is what I need you to do. So this is how you start to feel like. You've got a couple of options. The main option, the critical bit, the real, the, the bit that you really can't get away from is that you're going to need to go running in either no shoes, if you've got a, a surface like a kind of, I want to say semi-hard grass is probably a good, good uh, middle ground. So maybe a football field that you know is safe. That's one option. The other option is that you just get a set of shoes that has no cushion or no, no effective cushion. So my perfect, the shoe that I, I spend a lot of time in is a Merrill Trail Glove. I think it's a phenomenal shoe. I think it's just so nice. It's so comfortable. It's so, it's just the right shape for a wider foot, but also not overly wide. Some of the ultra shoes that I like, they're sometimes a bit too wide. They're quite heavy. They don't hold the foot. They're not as flexible in the areas that I want to be flexible. The Trail Glove is just the perfect mix. So go and get yourself a Trail Glove. They don't have much cushion. Well, they don't have any, really. They have just a, a rubber base. But when you run on road in those, not going to say go out and run lots of miles. Definitely don't do that because you're going to take a while to adjust. But you need to feel what's going on because you need to feel the moment of landing. So I want you to start the second element. So the first element is get a set of shoes that have pretty much no cushion and that, can, that are flexible enough to feel the ground. Now I want you to go out for a run. Take your music off. Take all your things off that might distract you. And just feel what that landing point feels like. Really focus your mind on what's happening at the foot. As in, don't try and change it. Just feel just feel, and become mindful of that movement. And I want you to feel what happens next. If you land and you feel almost strong, almost like your leg becomes kind of semi-rigid and you feel from the hip like you have 
a strength around your hip and control and that you're almost got this kind of sudden as i say rigidity semi-rigidity and that allows you to feel the the kind of spring mechanism then great if you don't feel that you don't feel what i'm talking about at all you need to think about that you need to think about working on it you need to do these short little five ten minute runs where you really just focus on that movement focus on that landing focus on that kind of land and recoil because that's critical that's what it all comes down to it's that land and recoil and that strength around the hip and that control in terms of running faster, I'm going to approach that in the next episode. We're going to think about what you can do at that moment and what you can think about that helps you run faster. How to, to gain more of that, almost that landing and that recoil. But the first thing I want you to go and do, so this is the first exercise in this series, is to find a, that minimal shoe or if you haven't got that, maybe as I say, barefoot in the field. Something where you can feel the ground that is safe. Bear in mind it's safe and you're only going to do short runs because you are going to put a lot of probably a lot of more stress and overload into structures, particularly in the foot. So you don't want to do this for every run. This is about training. This is about learning. This is about feeling something. And I want you to just think, be mindful about that landing. What happens then? Don't think about anything else. Don't think about trying to go faster, slow. You have to go nice, relatively slow. I want you to be able to, I want you to be breathing mostly through your nose. If you're having to really breathe hard through your mouth, you're going far too fast to get this feeling. You need to, you need to basically get the brain concentrating. Now, when you go too fast, we've seen this at about the kind of speed where you start really breathing, your brain switches more into almost subconscious movement race mode. And this means you, you struggle to um to program those things this is why when you see the kind of you know let's say that the african runners is a good example they're doing their easy runs ridiculously easy not because they are um essentially that the aerobic benefit is from going really easy it's because they're actually feeling what's going on feeling the sensation of landing they're feeling what happens next they're learning enhancing that control mechanism this is what i want you to do i want you to go really kind of slowly but you feel what's going on with that foot now you don't have to act on it yet and i don't want you to actively act on it you're trying to be mindful so this is all about essentially mindfulness kind of meditation this this same approach i want you to be mindful of it think about it and what's going on in the next episode we're going to start to tackle what you can do about it and how you can start to address the breaking force that you might be feeling there that is slowing you down thank you very much for listening and goodbye